Hey, Nikki. Hey, Selena. Hello, everyone. I mean, y'all. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Welcome to Sweet Tea and TV. Yeah. So we're back. We are. Episode seven, mm-hmm. season five. Um, but before we hop in, I feel like I owe you and maybe everyone else an update on a recent trip I did. You definitely owe me. I think the, <laughs> the, the listeners will probably see some things on social media, but I want to hear about this trip. Because it's been a couple weeks since we recorded. Yeah, so uh, everyone who is following us will definitely see a couple of videos. Uh, so it was Casey and my 11th anniversary. So last weekend, we decided to um, keep it local and we went to, well, sort of. I was we going to say. <laughs> sort of. And we went to Tennessee. So we went to the Smoky Mountains, Pigeon Forge, Sevierville, and... Um, Dollywood. Best time of year for all of it. So I I can't speak highly enough to how gorgeous going through the Smoky Mountain National Park or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the leaves, the mist, the smoke. Um, the mountain. I'm, the mountains, <laughs> like the sky. The, the grass. <laughs> yeah, just uh, everything. We actually, we saw an elk. Oh, I didn't even know those. We have elk or were, that's what I said. And I'm sure you weren't accidentally like, in Alaska. Uh, <laughs> right. And I was like, we kept it local. We were on the North Pole. <laughs> it was a little snowier than we were expecting. Uh, no. So I, it, well, I mean, it's the biggest antlers I've ever seen. The only other thing I could think that it was, and everyone had pulled over. That's how mm-hmm. Casey, like, he is really good at spotting other people spotting things. It's how we found uh. the sloth when we were in Costa Rica, oh. which are, incredibly hard to spot in the wild Mm because they move so slowly and they blend in incidentally casey is quite (laughs) sloth like um anyways but he moves that butt when it comes to seeing a substantial animal so he like swerves off of the road when he's he's like nope there's an animal (laughs) anyways i've never seen like antlers like this crazy not in the south so i was like is this thing lost it was out there like rubbing its antlers on a tree i guess they were getting itchy or something i don't know there's something to that uh they were losing them right i I think they like a very bad biologist but there's something to it yeah and then they mate or something I don't think that's right. I'm not a zoologist. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want from me? So anyway, elk aside. So, yeah. So I will just real quick, because we said we weren't going to do this anymore. So blah, blah, blah. We're blah, not blah, blah. usually, but I got to hear about Dollywood. But this is very Southern, it right? Is. We're we're staunchly in our Southern-ness right now. So I met a person recently from Illinois or <laughs> Michigan, mm-hmm. uh, and we were talking, this is her first fall in the South. Oh, uh-huh. And so she was telling me that she's amazed at the leaf colors. She was like, gosh, I've just never seen anything like this. It's sort of like green and then nothing, I guess, where she is from, right. either Illinois or Michigan or possibly Midwest-y. Alaska. I'm not sure. Right. Um, but she said California. it's just green or nothing. And mm-hmm. so she was really excited. And I was like, man, you have to drive up to the Great Smoky Mountains or at least like a little bit further north and see the leaves. And she, I told her, I was like, you still have, this was like a week and a half ago or two weeks ago. I was like, you still have a couple weeks for it. It's not over yet. There's time. Yeah. I mean, it takes like somewhere between three and four hours to drive up there. And what I, I told, I looked at Casey when we were on the road and I was like, I would do this just for fun. Like on a Sunday, just drive up here just to see this. It's yeah, of course. that worth it? Oh, that's amazing. And I don't really think being in the car is worth anything. I yeah. hate being in the car so much, but the views are just, uh, they're just unbelievable. Um, so I guess the other things I'll just say that about Pigeon Forge um, area, severe. Okay, it is just like the. It is a weird place. Okay, there's just no getting around it. It's weird. It's like kitsch mm. times twelve, mm-hmm. but like in the best way. Where I'm like, I don't know why this is happening. There's like because they got have all this stuff for tourists. I let me be very clear. 
I don't know why it's happening. And I love it <laughs> because it's so weird. I'm like, this is a weird, there's a pancake house on every corner. I look right. up, they've got like a wax museum there, which we did mm-hmm. go to. I was like, we got to, I got to go to this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and as part of that little area, there's other things over there where they basically have like some sort of King Kong representation where mm-hmm. he's climbing up one of the buildings. It's huge. When you are driving in on the main road there, you see all that. So King Kong with the Smoky Mountains in the background and underneath it is a Cracker Barrel sign. And I'm like, this is just, I can't ask for anything more. Like They have that house that's upside down because it's the upside down museum. Uh Uh-huh. They have the uh, Titanic Museum. It's actually a really fantastic museum. They have all of those things in Panama City. Yeah. All of those things in Myrtle Beach. Mm -hmm. All of those things in Pigeon Forge. So they're just like these big milestones of places where if you want to do any of those sightseeing things, go to those three places. Ripley owns everything. Everything. Yeah. And now, and Ripley's there is more in the Gatlinburg area, but we're talking... I don't know. Two seconds later, I'm in Sevierville, and then I'm in Gap, and I don't, I don't know. It's all so. very confusing. Yeah, it's confusing for the outsiders like me. Uh, but I also just have to say very quickly that all the food was really delicious. I've, I'm gonna cut tear up. Oh no! I told you I had the best biscuit oh, I've ever okay. had while I was there. It was like a dinner roll met a biscuit, and. Like made me the happiest person alive. I like. Now you didn't tell me that you put oh, yeah, it on I Instagram. Did. I did with a video. Well, I needed you to see of that. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. while I was sitting at home, I'm with so nothing. Sorry, I'm so sorry, but like I also needed I also you to was see in it. tears, biscuitless <laughs> tears. <laughs> well, then I have to tell you that from that same place, I also had the best cinnamon roll. That I mean, I good had. for you. I know. Good. I'm, did you want to hear about this or did you not want to hear about this? <laughs> yes and no. Can't it be both? So the best biscuit and the best cinnamon roll. Yeah. And that's from Five Oaks Farm Kitchen, y'all. So if you're that up there good. and you're like, where do we eat? I'm telling you right now, you need to go to Five Oaks Farm Kitchen. What made the cinnamon roll special? Okay. So you know how most have like a cream cheese icing on top? I do. And I I like cream cheese icing. I Don't do not. get me wrong. It's, exact, it's not my favorite. Mm-hmm. It gets to be too much. Mm-hmm. It's not. That's not what the icing was. Mm-hmm. It was like, it was like kind of like the best whipped cream I've ever had, but <sighs> more on the frosting side, but light. It, it must have just been like a homemade whipped cream with like one more thing in it. Mm-hmm. But it was, oh my God. It was also incidentally like, they were like, yeah, here's your cinnamon roll. They bring the cinnamon roll out. I looked at Casey. I said, you do realize that you and I are currently eating a pan of cinnamon rolls. Just the two of us. This is a pan <laughs> of cinnamon rolls. And he said, yes, we're doing it as a team. And like we, we have for 11 years of marriage. That's right. This is marriage is about bills. And biscuits. occasionally <laughs> those bills are broken up with delicious biscuits. And you take that biscuit with both hands because let me tell you, the bills don't stop. And that the is biscuits marriage. Do. Yeah, the biscuits might. I don't know. I hope not. So anyway, so that was fantastic. And then let me just get to Dollywood. So I want, and I will say this in my video too, because I think it's very important that we are honest. And mm-hmm. I think both you and I feel very strongly about that. Um, Dollywood is pricey. Yeah. So there's just no getting around it. I'm talking about Disney World pricey. We've looked at it and we're like, oh, there's Disney for this. Let me tell you. It is like rustic Disney World, kind of. Is it? I mean, I have to say that once, and this will be in my video too, once you step inside, you know why you just paid so much. Okay. That's what I, I wanted to know. So like, I love Six Flags. Yes. Love Six Flags. I just paid $29 a person right. to have a season pass for a year for everyone in my family. And you kind of know why, right? And I know why. As soon as you step through the door. Exactly. It's, it's great. <laughs> I love all the rides. Yeah. There's not a ton of atmosphere. There's not a, t- except Fright Fest. Fright Fest. There's yeah. not a ton of like, whatever. You just ride and nothing um disney is immersive right it's like you go and everything is top tier yeah so i'm really glad to hear you say that dollywood is the same yeah i don't know i can put it at this like i can't sit here and say that there's like an epcot 
right. situation going on there. And if you've been to Epcot, you know that you basically get like, well, it's like a lab created version of the world, but it's still really cool. Okay. Yeah. And like probably nothing you'll ever see except for maybe in Vegas. Um, and so, which is also everything is created in a lab if you didn't know. And so everything, every <laughs> single thing, including all the drugs. Um, That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. And so uh, what I will say is, I mean, okay, you walk in and you already know it's pristinely clean. This also speaks to the fact that I'm 38, but it matters. Everything is well kept. When you go to Six Flags, for interest, for, in, for um, example, I mean, this is no hit on them, but you look around, you're like, it's like a little coat of paint. Maybe some pressure washing. It's a little bit of a hit on them because there was wallpaper falling down in one of their new rides when we were there. Mm. That's just tacky. Yeah. And then the bathrooms <laughs> haven't been updated. There are at least two or three bathrooms that literally haven't been updated since the park was built in the 60s. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you said that. Bathrooms. Clean, clean, clean. I mean, their mm, bathrooms and bathrooms good. don't like smell wonderfully they don't smell like five oaks farm it's my kitchen favorite smell in it's the world the really. but like there was always someone there like aggressively cleaning that put me in the mind of like a bucky situation ah uh. all of the shops are like you're not talking about where you're walking in and getting looney tunes gear i mean right. there is like really nice stuff in these shops like i could have gone i don't know how you're getting this stuff home that for us was like also, Casey was, like, not having, like, a shopping day at a theme park. <laughs> but I could have legit gone around and gone shopping here. They have, like, cuckoo clocks and really nice dishes. I mean. Heirloom things. It was like walking into a luxury boutique. Oh. In some of the places. And then in other places you go in, it was kind of like a country store. So you go in and there'd be, like, jellies and jams and they're all Dollywood. Like, I, I don't know where they're made and I didn't investigate that much. But if you need apple butter, oh, you got some apple butter and if you need pumpkin butter oh we got pumpkin you got all the butters you know so all that stuff is available to of course the dolly stuff is like if you ever want to feel like maybe you have officially joined the cult of dolly it's definitely here right okay i mean it has mm -hmm. her name on it right. makes sense um the other thing i'll say is the food is it is not your Again, like I hate that I'm hitting on Six Flags here, but like it's not like I've been to, I haven't been to Bush Garden, so I don't have a ton of like theme parks to pull from here. Disney also has like elevated food, so mm -hmm. we can't real, like there's hardly any comparison for Disney's food, to be honest. Right. Very expensive, but very good. And I would say the same for here. Like okay. incidentally, in my Carb Fest weekend. Second best biscuit? Yeah. Uh, no, pretzel. Uh, this I soft pretzel. pretzel. And beer, like the spicy beer oh, cheese. They had, um, like, I was going, they had Starbucks on site. Like, again, not my favorite coffee place, but it will get you in a pinch. I'm not saying it's, I'm, like, that's not the upper echelons of coffee places, but that's dang nice to have in a theme park. They had one at Dollywood? Yeah, and they were serving, like, a, like a pumpkin-y cold brew kind of thing. That's nice. All of the food was elevated. And it was all fall themed. And then the other thing that I'll say too, the displays, beautiful mm -hmm. and so fun. Mm -hmm. And just like, and it's Harvest Fest or something like that. Harvest mm -hmm. Night Lights Illuminations. I think it was probably better worded than that. But um, the there must be 10,000 pumpkins there. Wow. I, I, it's insane. Um, and... Uh, it was just as fun and beautiful at night. Um, and the rides were good. Oh, good. Some of the rides are actually, because I told Casey before I got there, I said, I don't know what these rides are going to be like. Mm -hmm. The truth is, is that they were on par with other theme parks. And then we were kind of looking it up in line. And some of them have been like named in the top 10 rides oh, okay. in the country. Okay. So, I mean, it's... What I'm saying is, like, I don't know that a family of four could just do it on a regular right. basis. And I just want to be really honest about that. But I also don't know what, like, the season pass situation is. So I want to be honest about that. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. That. Yeah. So if you're in Tennessee, that might be a whole different thing. There might be someone from Tennessee that's like, hold up. You have no idea how easy this is. Right. You know, because there were a ton of people there. So obviously people are making it happen. So I yeah. don't want to step on those toes. For me, as someone who is... 
a penny pincher, I will say that I did not regret spending the money. That's good. So that's good to hear. We've had, <laughs> we've talked treat. about Dollywood. We've talked about it. And every time we talk about it, we look at the prices and we're like, oh, I don't know, man. Cause I, ha- I think I have six flags in my head. Love six flags. I, lo- I have an obscene love for six flags, but I'm not trying to pay $600 for our family to go to six flags. It's not worth that. Right. Um, and it's in our backyard. So it's like, why would I do that? Disney you're in like the thousands to go to Disney for just a couple of days, but it is an immersive experience. It it is. They do. There's no getting around the fact they do a good job. I have been to Dollywood as a kid. So it, okay. I didn't know that it must, it must not have been super expensive back then is what I will say. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. My grandparents took us one time. Uh, we think my grandparents loved Sevierville and Pigeon Forge. I think my grandma still would go there all the time if she could drive comfortably. I, I also love it there. Yeah. I am just such a sucker for that area. Yeah. I, my favorite thing, one of my favorite things in the world is like anywhere where I can see like a stream with a lot of rocks in it. Oh, that's it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say with a, a cracker barrel next door. Well, that would be great. <laughs> but like, I, I'm just that easy. Yeah. Like to me, it is just, it is my scene. I like the Sevierville portion and the outer parts of Gatlinburg. Sure. I think the Pigeon Forge downtown Gatlinburg stuff gets a little overwhelming for me, but the the, the mountains and the rustic sort of stuff I really like. Yeah. I have a feeling I would really like Dolly's place, like her house. So if she ever wanted her to place. invite us, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you know. If she ever wanted to I'm invite sure us. That's, I'm sure that'll be on her list, so... Anyways, do you have any questions for me about it? Anything I didn't cover that you've... I think we'll probably talk about it off air because uh, I do I do have logistical questions, but okay. I don't know that I'll bore everyone else. But I appreciate okay. you sharing about that because I yeah. really wanted to hear it. Yeah. So, y'all, if you're looking for something to do and Tennessee is accessible for you, like, that is a really nice, like, long weekend situation. I was going to say, Dollywood or not, it's worth going for a long Absolutely. Weekend. Like, I would, t- like, I, you know, I was getting squirrely about those prices. Mm-hmm. I was like, eh, I mean, we could, sp- I could spend that money somehow else. I, so I wasn't going to save it. I was just going to spend it on more biscuits. Right, sure. You know, and sure. I was assured by Casey, like, j- you just know you it. want to go to Dollywood. Let's just do it. So I'm so glad I did. And, um, you know, like I said, we'll share those videos and then you make a decision for yourself. Okay. Well, there's no good transition. I could have transitioned a couple minutes ago by talking about my grandparents. Oh, about Because they people. were old. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I don't know. Here we are. This is Designing Women, Season 5, Episode 7, Old Rebels and Young Models. Mary Jo harbors a favorite teacher from her childhood who has escaped from a nursing home, while Charlene tries to make Olivia a child star. Air date November 5th, 19. Oh my gosh. I am looking at this. Today is November 4th, Selena. Oh, look at that. Holy moly. So close. Air date November 5th, 1990. We're calling this one Mary Jo and the Runaways. And it was written by Dee LaDuke and Mark Alton Brown and directed by Iris Dugow. So we got a couple tidbits, T-I-D bits from Designing Women Online. Um, Meg Wiley, who played Miss Crown in this episode, previously appeared as one of the ladies' fellow campers in the wilderness experience. And Donna Hardy, who played Miss Crown's annoying friend, will appear later in a will appear in a later episode. I'll see you in court as an acquaintance of Bernice. And then I have one more addition to this list. Uh, Lorna Scott, who played the nurse in the Uh, um nursing home who was trying to put the hat on Miss Eulalie. Right, Miss Ratchet. Yes, <laughs> Nurse, Nurse Ratchet. Ratchet. Miss Ratchet. She's been in all the things. Oh. She was in 17 again playing a secretary. She was in Bad Santa. Uh-huh. She was in True Blood. Most uh-huh. recently she had a role in This Is Us. She had like a lot of character roles okay. over the years. Okay. So you've wow. probably seen her somewhere. Well, I've seen all those things you just named. So. 17 again is one of my favorite movies. I love that movie so much. Oh, no, I just got sad. I know. I'm sorry. I, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, so, yeah. Let's not we'll just there. get past this. <laughs> so, I mean, not really. Sorry. R.I.P. Matthew Perry. I know. It's just, it's sad. Um, it's really sad. Yeah. Uh, uh, general reactions. <laughs> just, uh, not laughing at that. Just laughing at the fact that sometimes it just feels like you're in hell. <laughs> so, 
General so reactions. General reactions. What you got? Yeah. So cards on the table. I was kind of dreading prepping for this one because I thought this episode was a little bit of a throwaway on the first time, but I actually really enjoyed it on rewatch. Oh, I just want to take y'all through the emotional train that is my life. Um, I, uh, I can share a little bit more on that if yeah. you want. Okay. So I think there were some good lessons in this one, honestly. Oh, tell me more. Yeah. So this line really sat with me. If you don't like where you are, then find a way to change it. Only you know what you want and only you will be unhappy if you don't get it. And that is what Mary Jo parrots back to Miss Eulalie when she goes and visits her in the nursing home. Um, I thought this one also explored the idea of adults often putting down their passions because they start to consider them childish mm. or they just run out of time. It's all about the things that we have to do. And now I say this as someone who is transparently struggling with the same thing all the time in my own personal life and almost on a daily base basis. But I can also recognize that that's a lousy way to live your life. So, um, I think, so I think like, even though this is a sitcom, it's definitely one of those ones that was like, I was like having a lot of, I don't know if they were personal breakthroughs or breakdowns. Um, but it just, it hit me in a certain way. And just like that has obviously been, that mentality has been passed down to us. You mm -hmm. know, we didn't just come up with that out of thin air. And I just want to say like, we've all been sold a bag of goods. That's all. <laughs> I think we've talked about before how thinking about our parents and how they're living life for the first time. So in some ways you need to give them a bit of a pass, but I think Miss Eulalie sort of shows that, but there's also, there is some wisdom to be shared and there is life that they've lived and yeah. um, how when you get to that age, you can look back at life differently, I think, than we see it living in it. I also, though, have to say that that lesson that like um, foster your passions and like live your own life, such a great idea. So it's just wonderful, really is. But Go there's ahead. also guilt. On it. There's a, well, there's also guilt associated with that because now yeah. I'm. What am I supposed to do? Feel guilty that I don't have time to paint? Feel guilty that I don't have time to pull out my violin and play it, or that I choose not to use this time? This time you can't see it listening, but this tiny little bit of time that I have to do that. You know, I'm going to go ahead and tack on something that like hit me when I was, uh, because I rewatched all the episodes this morning to prep. And one thing that hit me was, I don't think they were even doing this on purpose, but all of these women are mothers. And I think it says something really important about motherhood through this. Like you see Charlene just like putting all her energy into Olivia um, and making it all about Olivia. And I'm not saying there's necessarily anything wrong with that, but like that's where her passion lies now. Then Mary Jo has put down the sketchbook because of her, uh, because her life is so busy and because she has children and she does use that as the pinpoint. Like I haven't touched my sketchbook since what's her face was born. I should remember her name, but it's just right out the door. Not my child. Um, and then Claudia. Claudia. <laughs> Claudia. Uh, and then uh, Miss Eulalie has been shipped there by her own daughter. <laughs> so I just was thinking about it today and I was like, I mean, moms just really have it tough. I'm going to look you right in the eyes when I say that. <laughs> I think Mary Jo also, though, we haven't gotten to this episode yet, but I think she also has a little bit of a stick to itiveness problem. She talks about her garage being full of a bunch of half followed hobbies so you're ruining it <laughs> i think yeah. she uses her children as her excuse but i don't think she follows through yeah. but i do i mean i think that's i think that's important and i think that's part of it but i feel like it almost turns into this thing where we're supposed to we're not supposed to you're not supposed to do anything but we're made to feel a little bit guilty oh yeah i definitely like you're right it doesn't matter what you do if you are a woman we are going to make you feel guilty yeah, that's Just what you're saying, Life right? in general, it is. Yeah. Um, and I do think that there is some lesson in there being seasons in life. So Charlene's dealing with a very um, specific season in parenting that's going to be a little bit different than Mary Jo's. Mary Jo's hit a cresting point almost with her kids where she's becoming like a... Get out. There's a term for it Eight. that people are using. There's a term people are using for it now, and I can't remember it right off the top of my head, but it's this phase where you no longer have kids that need 
100% of your energy mm-hmm. or even like 80% of your energy. Like even the youngest one whose name I'm blanking on now, Quint, mm-hmm. he's at an age now where he doesn't need as much from her. Yeah. So she can now foster that sort of thing for herself, but she hasn't fully processed it yet. So it's really helpful to have Miss Eulalie come in at this point and give her that little nudge. Yeah. Well, and I think, so I'll just go ahead and say that another thing that I thought about in this one, and I don't know if they were doing it on purpose. I think there is some purpose to it. Um, in other ways, I think maybe I was just doing like an unnecessarily deep read because <laughs> that's what I do. Um, th- but we do get, like you said, these different parts of life. Mm-hmm. And it's very clear. Like, I'm going to go from Olivia's angle here, right? She's mm-hmm. just a baby. She's being carted around by Charlene to like, like I'm saying auditions, but I guess it was really just one. Um, you know, Charlene's pouring so much energy into something Olivia won't even remember. I think this is pretty indicative of, of American culture mm. because we really invest in youth. Mm. You know, mm. that's where we put, that's what we put on a pedestal. That's where we kind of, you know, kind of focus in on like, maybe if you get them young, you can get them on the right path. And, Mm. and I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying it is where we are Uh, in my mind. uh, On the opposite side, we have Miss Eulalie and Miss Chesley, which is, I keep wanting to say Chelsea. That is the hardest name for me to say. Um, I just call her Miss Eulalie's friend. Miss Eulalie's friend. Uh, But they're both trying to assert their own independence in what is likely their third act I mean she said she's 85 uh you know I I think they're dealing with that phase of life where people begin treating you like a child because you're old which honestly feels like my personal hell like I I think that actually scares me and then it had me thinking a lot in this one but does it mean people take care of your tasks like is somebody gonna take care of my (laughs) bills and my grocery shopping and feed me you gonna feed me yeah, that's probably what that means. Because I was thinking about how ghastly we treat old people in this country. Um, and I'm literally terrified about getting old. I'm like slowly squirreling away money so maybe I can live. Um, and then in the middle is kind of like our age. I wouldn't call it middle-aged, but someone might. Someone who's desperately wrong. Yeah. Uh, In theory, we're kind of at the perfect age, and so is Mary Jo. We're still able-bodied. Our frontal lobes are fully developed. Um, We probably have more disposable income than we did at, like, 20, and yet we have to be on guard because, aside from what you're saying about, which I, you are very much accurate about this, that we make women feel guilty for absolutely everything at all times of the day. We're so good at it. But this other thing that is, this is for anyone. You get to this period in life and you're tired and you're just kind of like muscle memory, just trying to get through the day, you know? And like you're letting life run you instead of running your life. And I do mean the general you. I'm not looking at you that's the alternative though man but it's like a cautionary tale is almost the way that i started to view this one but like a cautionary tale you can't, can't avoid no. the <laughs> car crash is happening i'm in it it's like i'd rather I'm not here, have the caution yeah i'm here i'm dropping the vase i see the vase going down i can't catch the vase i'm under it i'm running i'm sliding i somehow hurt myself the vase still drops <laughs> still it still breaks and shatters everywhere i did i didn't say i have a, a fix i said i said at the top sometimes it feels like we're in hell i don't know what to do about that if anyone has any advice please dm us i think the advice <laughs> is to sit in the good stuff so like you being at dollywood you got to do that absolutely because of the hamster wheel you well, got that's to do that what they actually teach you now is we're like learning more about the brain and that's kind of where like the idea of like stand in the mirror and say good things to yourself like kind of comes from but is this idea that like we're our brains are sort of built and maybe this has to do with the fact that we used to be trying to outrun lions or something but our brains are sort of built around this idea of like negative mm-hmm. we tend to fly towards the negative so you almost have to crystallize for yourself like and live in that moment and just let it sink in and you have to practice that you have to like work that muscle the same way that you would work a muscle in exercise mm-hmm. yeah. we solved it Anyways, That's I don't it. know. You know, those were all my general reactions. I was all over the place. I think the only one I would add is just the general reaction of like, why has it not 
registered for these women yet, that when it comes to beauty pageants or beauty pageant-like situations, Mm -hmm. just listen to Suzanne. The woman knows what she's talking about. Let me tell you, I am not lying when I say we need to do a Suzanne Says. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And we could like answer things. Like if we'll pretend, we will put our Suzanne hats on, our pageant crowns, if you will. Mm -hmm. And we can respond to like when, when uh, listeners need advice. Yeah. She's, she's full of really good advice. And I will Mm -hmm. say we, we have built this narrative around the character in the show that there's not a lot she knows a lot about, but pageants and pageant like situations Mm -hmm are unequivocally, like we, again, going just, and I'm not articulating this well, going just by what the show has told us about Suzanne. Sure. I think she's wise. I think she has wisdom. Yeah, what Maybe the show wants us to believe, right. What the show wants us to believe is that pageants is the, pageants and men is all she knows. Just listen to her. Come it's, on, Charlene. Do you want Olivia to win this thing or no? It's applicative, right? Yeah. Those things are applicative to other parts of life. And that's what we see Suzanne bring to especially in these last couple of seasons. It's just over and over and over again. She is sitting at the end and saying, I told you so. Now, is that because she's also having problems with the showrunner? And they're like, <laughs> we're going to stick you in at the end saying, I told you I told so. You so. Yeah. Maybe. Um, either way, she's still stealing every scene she's in. Yeah. So are we ready to move to strays? I think we were already there, but yeah, let's do it. Um, my first stray is a fashion note. Oh, love it. It's about Charlene's like super 90s um, short suit at the beginning. Oh, oh my God, I had that same thought this morning. It's like a kind of like a slate gray maybe with a light blue shirt under it. It's a mullet for yes. uh, a business wear. Yes, that's right. There's a um, long blazer on top and shorts on the bottom. Coming back into style. Men oh. back in style. So that's, that's part yeah. of why I'm bringing it up because it doesn't look, it looks fresh. Yeah. But it also, to me, looks 90s right. because this is something I'm sure I saw in my lifetime. D- definitely. So she she looks great. Oh, I yeah. just could it didn't escape my attention. She also wears in this one this long, it's trying to watch this show, not in HD, mm. reminds me I actually really do care about HD. Oh, Because uh-huh. sometimes it's really hard to see the details of the clothing. But she comes in, I think it's after the, uh, audition and she has like it's either a long emerald colored coat or may it might be like more like a teal color it's hard to tell but it's long and beautiful and mm. then she's wearing like the similar color underneath mm-hmm. and gosh I just, there was a lot of jewel tones in the mm. last couple string of episodes mm-hmm. and man just every single one of those ladies just wear that col- those colors really well Something about cresting into the 90s, and this may just be a testament to my age and my generation, they just are so elevated. Yeah. So elevated. It's better, man. Um, I also found a couple of cut lines, but I really liked this one because it went into depth about who each character would be when they get old and also gave a bit of a glimmer of hope for Miss Eulalie. So um, this is the scene at the end after Miss Eulalie went back to the nursing home. So uh, Mary Jo says... Yeah, you and Julia will probably just be two proper Southern sisters living together in the old family house. Uh, But they cut this part. And when you're 102, Suzanne will still think she's hot stuff because she'll only be 90. Uh, I think Anthony, it must be, says, well, I'll probably be one of those dapper old gentlemen fighting off the voracious widow women. uh, Or maybe I'll be married. One of those old guys standing around the mall holding my wife's purse. What do you think you'll be like, Mary Jo? I hope I'll be like Miss Eulalie. You know, she's teaching a painting class at the home now. They thought she was going to be doing little ladylike pictures of wildflowers. Of course, she's scandalizing them by painting a 25-foot mural of bloody childbirth. Yeah. Um, so I just, I like those cut li- that cut line in particular. Yeah. Mm. Well, I can thread that because I, it's funny. Oh, I was hoping you'd be able to. <laughs> uh, it's funny because in my strays, I got that from the cut line. I got a timeline issue, mm. which is they're 12 years apart, according to Mary oh. Jo's story, Suzanne uh-huh. and Julia, and another one, they've been 14. In another episode, they've made them seem almost the exact same age. And I'm not going to go through the me sitting there on a chalkboard breakdown <laughs> of this, but m- the timelines with Mary Jo and Miss Eulalie mm. don't exactly add up. They're mm-hmm. somewhere between five and 10 years off, I think. But you know what? doesn't really matter but this is stray observations and i couldn't help myself between mary joe and miss Eulalie? well really just about mary joe 
Like okay. the way that she frames it, she would have to be more like in her early to mid forties. If you go on, if you kind of piece together the timelines over the, if she kind of tells her relationship to Miss Eulalie and okay. she, she drops some timeline hints. Okay. And, but she's really more like our age. Mary so, Jo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which is not early to mid forties. Uh, that's correct. Yeah. We are not there yet. We will be. I'm Early not 30s, excited basically. about it, but we will be there. Um, and then my other stray observation was just, it's more of an idea that I kind of think it would be amazing to see this episode from Miss Eulalie and Miss Chesley's perspective. <laughs> because um, I think that, you know, we're seeing our gals perspectives but what if it's our gals that are horrible and so you know i see it as they have this harrowing adventure barely escaping the nursing home only to have to first deal with the incredibly angry and mean Suzanne and then as they split off what we don't see is like because when I'm listening to Julia's story when she drops her off at the end the lady cleaned her bathroom yes she said her mop stink (laughs) but she cleaned her bathroom and so I just think you could really play a lot with what we hear from reception and turn it around. Also, Miss You Lately got an offer to stay at Mary Joe's and chose to Turned go back to Nurse Ratchet. Yeah. So I think Quint was terrorizing her and Good we point. never saw it. That's a great point. So. That's as someone who's had their bathroom cleaned by a family member though, uh it's not it, the best. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. <laughs> Does it not feel good or was the job not up to par? It didn't feel, that one didn't feel good. That one hurt because it was the bathroom we never used. So it just, and I was young, it just hadn't been cleaned in a while. And I felt like I got, oh, they just kind of came in and did it for you. I feel like I got a little put in my place. Yeah. In my own home. Yeah. I mean, I think that like adult, uh, your adults who are always be your adults, even when we're so very firmly an adult, have a way of coming in and being like, Paint the corner oh, off. I hate that so and much. I'm, yeah. Well, my mom used to inspect houses. Oh. So she already, I mean, you know me. I want you to intensify that. Like, I, I, I do, do have it. the ability to look at something and be like, that's wrong. I'm starting to get to the age where, it, like, I'll walk into my parents' house and point things out because, yeah. you know, Tur- fair, payback and turn also. Out fair play or something. Yeah. Um, did you have any other strays? How about things that you liked? Oh, boy. Almost all of the things that I liked are favorite lines. Yeah. I just feel like there were so many good things in here. So, one, the baby wig subplot, just like in general, was so freaking good. Yeah. It's just so funny. Um, When Suzanne pulled it out of the bag and Charlene said, is that one of Consuela's shrunken heads? I laughed out loud at that line every single time. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I think I missed that. Oh, I laughed every time. Uh, Anthony's story about terrifying his teacher with Elijah's double jointedness. But then especially the part at the end where he's like, of course, I did not hear the beginning of this discussion. It's entirely possible that story does not fit with what we were talking about. But also if anyone deserves to come in and say some random things, it's Anthony. (laughs) You know? Uh, Miss Eulalie, it's your birthday. Why didn't you tell us? And she said, I've had 85 of them. Believe me, the thrill is gone. <laughs> um, and then the last one that I'll say is Suzanne's line. Well, excuse me. This is a place of business, not a pit stop on the over the hill underground railroad. <laughs> it's hilarious. So I also like Suzanne. Uh, she chimes in on the conversation where they're all talking about their favorite teachers and who influenced them. And she gives a shout out to the lady who taught her how to line her lips. Very important skill. It is important. As someone who doesn't know how to line my lips, very important skill. Oh, no, that was one that, like, that was a lesson in my household. I don't wear like, lipstick. That was a lesson. I it never do. It didn't matter. I never wear it. Yeah, I don't I don't either anymore. Um, well, I like, I've never, I don't think my uh, mom really wore, I mean, she might put a lip on every now and then, but I don't know that she was a huge lipstick person. Uh, my mom had other makeup things that she was really firm about, but lipstick yeah. was just a conversation we never had. Oh, yeah. Actually, so my mom would go into Merrill Norman. Mm-hmm. This is Southern, so it's related. Mm-hmm. Uh, Merrill Norman is the quintessential Southern makeup company, mm-hmm. in my mind, until someone tells me that came out of North California. I think of Mary Kay because my grandmother was a Mary Kay lady. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and my grandmother's just all Southern all the way through. Uh, but I do think Merle Norman is, is Southern for sure. Yeah. And they used to have like their own storefront, like at South Lake Mall, where we used to go all the time. And my mom, this is crazy. And it's the same thing for one of my good friends, Kelly, too. Her mom and my grandma and mom all had the same makeup lady at Merrill Norman. I crap you not. It's generational. So her name was Jean. And first my grandma went to her, Kelly's mom, my mom, and then me. And I would never do this, but my mom would sit there and talk to her for hours when she went to buy makeup. This was a very cruel thing to do to a child. And I taught myself how to line my lips one day, just sitting there mm-hmm. out of pure boredom. Mm-hmm. And I remember that it was, I felt it was one of the nicest things that my mom said a lot of nice things to me. But at nine years old, when my mom said, good job, you did an excellent job lining your lips. I said, thank you. <laughs> so what I'm saying is I can relate with Suzanne. <laughs> <laughs> because you were the makeup lady who taught yourself. Are we back in straight? I don't know where we are. I don't so. know we're, either. I'm at Merle Norman right I'm now. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so I'll just, I had some other lines that really stood out for me. I loved it when Julia stood up to Nurse Ratchet. Oh, yeah. And called herself the birthday, birthday fairy. fairy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that was really great. She needed that. She needed to hear that. And that lady was scary. She snapped the elastic. She did. She knew what she was doing. <sighs> I didn't like that. Um, the other one that I really liked was uh, everything with Miss Chelsea. Chesley. I knew it was going to happen. I Every single thing. She's so grumpy. I love it. <laughs> I really like grumpy people because I feel like I... Tr- I'm grumpy. I try to like shine it up a little bit with some humor so that people don't want me to evaporate into thin air. Um, well, they probably still do, but I try. And but I really enjoy a grump. And she was like prime grump. Her and Suzanne, her and Suzanne fighting over that seat on the couch. Charlene's facial reaction, which I literally think I've done before when uncomfortable things are happening around me. Like, you know, you put your hand on your face (laughs) and you're like, oh my God. Can't even look at it. Yeah. Asking if Charlene is on medication after she goes (laughs) on that tear. So what we're all thinking. Okay. I love Charlene, but we're all like, what is happening? So your Prozac is good. Um, asking if um, Olivia's baby wig is a dead rodent. And then her evening with Julia retold by Julia. I will share that one, which she says, Mary Jo asked her if something went wrong. And she said, many things Thanks. happened during the course of the evening. Mrs. Chesley consumed a full <laughs> bottle of wine, whereupon she spat obscenities at the cast of Jake and the Fat Man. Then... She insisted my bathroom was not clean enough, proceeded to do something about it, and told me my mop smelled. What? She said my floor mop stank, and she wouldn't stand for it, so I decided one of us had to go. My name's on the mortgage. There wasn't much choice. (laughs) Uh, Many things happened. That was one of my favorites. Wonderful. That was my last like. Uh, yeah, I think you touched on my last one, which was just the physical humor between Suzanne and Miss Chesley on the sofa. It was top notch. It was just top notch. Uh, so in terms of things we didn't like, I will say the only thing I would maybe change about this episode was actually the pairing of like this baby wig thing and the Charlene, I mean, yeah. And the Charlene thing with the plot about the older ladies, I get the whole something old, something new pairing, but I just feel it was too, too on the nose, a little bit of a confusing mashup actually. Um, and I really felt like the Olivia modeling thing probably could have been its own thing, Mm -hmm. given how in it Charlene was. Mm -hmm. I feel like maybe that could have been a whole other episode. Yeah. That was my only uh, dislike. I had none. Oh, do we have a five out of five coming up? Well, you might think so. Uh, (laughs) Are you ready to rate the sucker? (laughs) I am. (laughs) What you got? My rating scale was requisite baby wigs. Love it. I gave it a four out of five. Uh, I really liked watching this episode. I really liked the pieces about the baby modeling. But like I said, that pairing of the two plots was a sticking point for me. So I couldn't give it quite a five. Sure. But it was a four. It was solid, a solid rewatch, which is, I think, how I'm starting to rate these things. Well, fair enough. So I uh, went with 4.5 out of five 
pit stops on the over the hill underground railroad. <laughs> so I like that line too. I, I thought this one felt different. It was like a nice blend of shenanigans with the runaway plot, but it also had heart, you know, you know, lessons for all ages. Um, I don't know. It was just like, it was weirdly a thinker for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I, I know I don't have any dislikes. I actually just bumped it up to a 4.5 before you said we have a 5 coming <laughs> before that. Um, I couldn't in good conscience rate that a 5 when I didn't think it was as good as some of the 5s I've already rated. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a little bit of a, a nuanced rating this time. but and It's all subjective. It's subjective to our own personal experience. Well, Miss Chesley is a 5 out of 5 for me. <laughs> Just really liked her. Such a grouch. She's a grumpy grump person. At least we know where she stands. That's true. There is no, there's no confusion. There's no confusion. And that is a little refreshing. I'm Mm -hmm. not saying I want her to come stay at the house. Sure. Right. I'm just saying if I'm watching her on TV, we're good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Want to talk about some 90s things? Sure. So there were there were uh, two pop culture references from Charlene, Connie Chung, and Maury Povich, yeah. which just feel very 90s to me. Yeah. Are, are they married? Oh. Why did I do that now? I meant to look it up and I forgot. I've, I, I really went ham into some of these references, but that oh. wasn't one I looked up. Um, while uh, Nikki is low-key trying to Google that over there, um, I also have both of them on my list, but Jake and the Fat Man being a rerun on TV feels very of the 90s. And then Miss... Yes, they're married. Okay. And then Miss Chesley says something that really kind of stuck with me, which is like a um, a TV like with a remote, as if that was like a special thing. It was. You can have as many remotes as you like now. You can have 25 remotes if you want. It's a, like she would love it now. She'd love it. On Jake and the Fat Man, I just wanted to say that was a CBS show oh, as yeah. well. A little plug and, and plug. Diagnosis Murder, which is another show. I've never seen either of these shows, uh, but Diagnosis Murder is one I remember. Yep. And it was a spinoff of Jake and the Fat Man. Oh, I didn't know that. I mean, I know Dick Van Dyke was on it. It was on for a really long time. And only I watched it mildly related, but do you think we would ever have a TV show with this name? These like I thought Diagnosis it, Murder or Jake and the Fat Man. I think that's very unlikely. I've heard of this show before. I think they might have. I feel like maybe we've even had a reference on Designing Women before, I but so. I might be wrong. But I've never looked into it because I just I kind of thought it was like a throwaway reference or something. This was a legit show. It was on the air for yeah. five seasons. Yeah, I think I've seen it, and it's it's a. Uh, crime drama sort of right. thing. I don't remember it, but I like I don't remember like individual episodes, mm-hmm. but I mean, I the the show was a was a big deal. I so. saw a picture of the fat man, the main character, the guy who played him, and I know that guy. So I must have seen an episode at some point, but I just that is not at all what I would have t- I would not have told you a show called Jake and the Fat Man was going to be an American crime drama show. That's fair. That's fair. So, I um it wasn't like a Nick at Night thing. You know what I'm saying? So right. I think it was harder to catch reruns. Yeah. And that is how I got like, well, that's how I went through like my I Love Lucy phase and Dick right. Van Dyke. And that's how I got all of those older shows kind of in my repertoire. Jake and the um, Fat. Well, Jake and the Fat Man ran at the same time Designing Women did. Mm-hmm. So at the time we would have been able to really absorb any of that. It would have been like a four to five, five to 6 PM rerun, like before all the 8 PM shows started. Mm. I was never watching TV from four to five, five to six. Right. And I certainly wasn't watching CBS. Right. No offense. It's always always skewed a little. (laughs) Not 13 year old. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, Let's see. Did I have anything else? Oh, uh, oh, sorry. 90s things? Anything else? No more on 90s I'm like, things. where am I? Who am I? I had scrolled down and got confused. Southern things? Just Mary Jo getting letters from her mom with the town news in it. I couldn't decide <laughs> if the that letter. was 90s, a.k.a. dated or yeah. Southern. Uh, yeah. But since it was chock full of both bad news that she probably ought to have delivered by phone and also a healthy dose of guilt, it felt Southern Mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. uh and then suzanne said that's a fine how do you do she says that a lot but it's southern yes i caught that one this morning um she, julia says miss eulalie's a pistol <laughs> i just just calling someone a gun just feels very southern. Southern. <laughs> the old ak-47 <laughs> Ooh, 
that's a real pistol. Um, it's not. It's not a pistol. <laughs> it's not Anyways, a pistol. It's not a pistol. I know that much about guns. <laughs> the phrase through a hissy fit also came from Suzanne, which feels Southern to me. That was my last one. How about references that we need to talk about? Well, since you said you went ham on some of these, uh, I... I'm going to guess I missed some, but I would say Glenn Ford was one. Uh, so that's who Suzanne said she told the lady in line at the store her baby looked like. Right. I had no idea who Glenn Ford was. He's an attractive man. Uh, I didn't get it. It's uh, His Wikipedia said that he was a Canadian-American actor who lived from 1916 to 2006. When I have a thought about what you just said, it registered a second late. Uh, Wikipedia says he often portrayed ordinary men in unusual circumstances. Mm-hmm. He was most prominent during Hollywood's golden age as one of the biggest box office draws during the 40s, 50s, and 60s. His career lasted more than 50 years. To what you just said, he could have been the most handsome man in the world, but I'm not sure anybody wants their baby to be compared to someone who lived through the Hollywood's golden age. And they might have been like a little girl. That's correct. I assumed it was a little girl. I assumed it probably was a princess who just got compared to a man who was most popular during the 40s. Well, if someone, you know who else was popular during the 40s? Vivian Lee. And if someone told me, that I look like Vivian Lee, I would be very happy with that. I'm just saying. Um, I'll just tack on. I thought it was funny that he was referenced in an episode that also references Superman because he played Pa Kent. That's like his adopted parents <laughs> in the 1978 movie. Okay. I just wonder if they did that on purpose or not. It's sure just weird. Uh, oh, oh, other references for you? Did you? No more. Okay. So... Tahiti and Gauguin, I just I just have to share this. So Gauguin's an artist. He was on a self-imposed exile in Tahiti. Oh, how brave. How brave of you. <laughs> That's all. I'm not going to go into Gauguin. Um, it is brave if you're very close with your family. and they, He's, he's I mean, French, it was right? It was a different time. France. Yeah, it was a different time. Tahiti probably during that time was largely undeveloped. That's true. So just an in undeveloped hut. paradise. Poor guy. Poor guy. I hope he made it through. It's um, a lot of coconut milk. A lot we, of tummy aches. Mm-hmm. Um, well, for some of us. <laughs> so we get a few different Marlon Brando references. One is about his island in French Polynesia, so I just needed to know. That is true. Um, he bought Teddy, Teddy Aro... Uh, Teddy Aro, I don't know, I can't say it. Anyways, he bought a an island, and it in French Polynesian, it means to stand apart. And he bought it in 1966 for $270,000. Oh, my gosh. A yeah. whole island? Yeah. I thought you were trying to say Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> I was like, Teddy had an island? Teddy Aroa. Teddy Aroa. It's a, you would see it and be like, Oh yeah, no, I'm idiot. sure I wouldn't. No, because it's like French. Oh, okay. It, um, but anyway, so he purchased this island, I guess, after he fell in love with his co-star in a movie he did called Mutiny and the Mutiny the Bounty or something, and um, she was born on Bora Bora. So I, I I don't really quite understand the connection unless he was just trying to get an island nearby. But that happened. And then it sounds like his family maintained some kind of relationship with the island. And they even set up like a nonprofit to protect the area. We'll link to an article if you want to learn more. Because as I understand it, it sounds like this is a place that like celebrities and people with deep pockets can continue to go today. I'm sure. How much did Marlon Brando make on Superman? So I needed to know that too. It sounds like this was a big deal at the time. So in the seven in the 70s when Variety first reported on it, it was just an unprecedented salary and no one really knew. Eventually it comes out that he was paid 3.7 million and what is apparently an amazing back end of 11.75% for 13 days work. And less than 20 minutes on screen. I will say when you look at that time period, that's when you're like, oh, that's a lot of money. Because, you know, we live in the era of people, big stars. Yeah, 20 million bucks. I mean, so you're like 3 million, 4 million. That's not even that much. But for that amount of screen time, it is. And again, we are in the mid to late 70s when this If happens. you didn't have to hustle so much to build a career to make yourself influential enough that you can demand $3 million, that'd be a pretty sweet side hustle. 
acting and showing up for a $3 million paycheck. It's all the work before it, I guess. That's the, that's the catch. Some, I can't even, I can't think of like the numbers right now, but I've seen before just how much like people to be in background actors get paid. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I wish I'd been able to do that in school or something. Yeah. Uh, I also watched his interview with Connie Chung Mm. because I just needed to know. I was like, is it really that bad? I say cautiously because Connie Chung is a real human, but I can see how viewers thought that she came off as a little flighty during the interview. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just thinking about Brando, I mean, we are talking, like, he is arguably one of the greatest, if not the greatest actors that we've ever had. So I, he, he's well known. You know what I'm saying? Like there's not a lot of mystery to him as I understand that he is both someone who was very passionate when they were alive, but also very difficult. Mm-hmm. So that's what I saw <laughs> in this interview more than a few times. And he was like unnecessarily aggressive at points, mm. condescending at times. I honestly felt bad for her. Mm. Like we're straight up. I would have been a couple times like, you're not going to talk to me like that. Like I, I it was, just, it blew me away that she was able to, so people can say what they wanted to say about her. But the fact that she was able to keep her composure mm-hmm. when she like ask a question, he was like, you're pissing me off right now. I'm so sorry. I would be like, you seem so Whoa. angry. Tell yeah. me about that. You need to chill out. Um, so extra so and there was a, other points where like his words were humble but his demeanor was really arrogant i it was like an incredibly uncomfortable watch um perfect that sounds i'm glad you got to watch it and we're gonna link to it if you guys want to watch it too the only other thing that really stood out to me that like kind of breaks my brain a little bit is why while he acted like that he's also like when you listen to the things he's saying, he was impressively progressive. Um, it sounds like he was like one of the first actor activists. And I mean, I know some of this, but like, you know, he marched for civil rights and he's really big into American Indian rights when he was alive. You know, he even donated his salary from um, a movie he did in 1989 to anti-apartheid, to an anti-apartheid charity. So I don't know. He's just... I don't know. He's a really interesting person is all. I went into my own personal deep dive. It's fascinating because the takeaway from that interview was that Connie Chung looked like a ditz, not that he looked like an a-hole. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting to me. So, and I want, and I, you know, I think it's, that's a 1990 lens maybe versus a 2023 lens. But that's how I felt about it. He also, I'm pretty sure he referenced the Jim Twins. Oh, uh-uh, really? I'm almost sure he did. Oh. So. When he said Jim twins? <laughs> I wish he had. He just, he <laughs> talked about twins like they had the same pet name and they didn't mm. grow up near each other. And I was like, <gasps> talking about the Jim twins? Which I bet the Jim twins thought the same thing. understand. Because he didn't listen to that episode. That's not true. I, I read it all to him. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Can you just imagine the thrill it would be being married to me? All right. That's all I got. so next episode season five episode eight nowhere to run to we'd love everyone to follow along with us why that grammar why the two the two man bother me too why is that the first time i noticed that (laughs) we'd love everyone to follow along with us and engage (laughs) instagram and facebook at sweet tea and tv tiktok at sweet tea tv pod um we're on youtube at sweet tea tv 7371 our email address is sweetteatvpod at gmail.com. And we love when we hear from you guys by email. So thank you for continuing to let us know what you're up to while you're listening to the show, what it makes you think of, any of the feedback that you're offering. We really do appreciate it. Where you are in the South. Got a lot of that lately. Uh-huh. That's been really nice. That's true. Our website is www.sweetteatv.com. So if you want to watch a really awkward Connie Chung, Marlon Brando interview, it's there for you. I'm here for you. (laughs) (laughs) And on the website, you can find uh, a support us page so you can support the show. You can also just tell your family and friends about us or rate and review the podcast wherever you listen with a good rating if you don't mind. Uh, And then come back Thursday for Extra Sugar. We're going to talk about celebrity child models.
I just, I just blinked because I, I'm sorry, I was multitasking in my head. Uh-huh. Did it look good? Um, woo! So Selena's going to do a grid splits, and I think you just got a glimpse into what that's going to look like. Silence on Silence my part. I'm like, I don't know. Can <laughs> It'll I be do, fun. Can I do one more plug? Yes. Um, I have not gotten the courage up, or just don't think about it, because I think it's so sweet when people reach out, and I'm just, I truly mean it when I say that we are honored by you reaching out. But one thing that I keep forgetting to say is if you're wondering what you can do, that rating and review will be super helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have taken the time to reach out and do that, um, then I assume that you would like to give us fives. And <laughs> we would love that because the more that that happens, it may seem like this silly thing, but the more that happens, the more that other people can find us too. And I know that we've heard from more people than we currently have ratings and reviews from. So um, just want to say, like, we would be over the moon appreciative for that. Yeah, I think that's true. I am I am admittedly not a great leave a review sort of gal. Um, if I'm leaving a review, it's either because I love something a lot or because I hate something. And anything in the in the between like something that I buy on Amazon that I really like but not like so much that it's changed my life I never leave a review but I read all the reviews and that's how I find what I'm gonna buy is when people have left a review yeah so it's it's not a fun thing to do but it is really easy right and I'm gonna commit to doing better about that yeah, I mean, and it's not like, it's not like we're going to be mad if you don't. It's more like we would just really, 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 really love it if you did. You know what I'm saying? Or else we just have to stop making the podcast. And I'm all not, well, <laughs> there you go, guys. So just do with that what you will. Think of us, please. And thank you, thank you, thank you for reaching out. Because honestly, that's cooler than the rating and review. Oh, I love. You directly. I love when people message they us. They always come at these times where I'm like having a bad day. Mm. And it's always really, really nice. So I don't want to downgrade that. Like, that's actually the coolest thing. Unfortunately, Apple Podcasts hasn't really picked up on that yet. <laughs> well, I'm just going to start and copying and pasting. it doesn't help our algorithm. I'm going to start copying and pasting into a review. Yeah, that Can would I be do wonderful. that? Just make an anonymous I review with could. comments. People email us. Yeah. It'd be easier if y'all would do it, though. <laughs> All right. So we, we made that awkward. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> well, you know what that means. What does it mean? Selena? Well, it means, one, we've done our job. And two. We've guilted everybody. Unpaid job. And two, <laughs> it means that we will see you around the bend. Bye.